This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. For as little as a buck a month, you'll get exclusive rewards and help keep this podcast mattress ad free. Support us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. This is Mike from 424recording.com, and on this week's episode, I have a chat with grunge punk rocker's Surmiser. We wanted to get Jay on the pod, and what a perfect way to interview him and Tom Matthews and Lucas Lerner, his bandmates in Surmiser. Talk about their songwriting process their recent EP and new single, how they approach playing shows, DIY spaces, and how geography may or may not affect their music. We had this chat outside on the uh, Surmiser practice space porch and uh, also where Jay's studio is, uh, Bohemisphere Studio. And it's it's awesome. It has that outdoor ambiance to it. And uh, we had a lot of fun just chilling and hanging out. And uh, please enjoy this chat with Surmiser. So what have you guys been working on? I know you guys just recently put out your four EP. Uh, what have we been working on? Four song well, EP. We, we didn't practice for five and a half fucking months. Um, really? No, for like five weeks. Um, <laughs> for like five months. Prior to that, we were basically spinning our fucking wheels, uh, jamming on weird riffs that didn't work. Um, and then we hit one that came out good, so we recorded that. What's Is that usually the process like for you guys, or is it... Because I know at one point when Lucas originally joined, you guys were like cranking out the I tunes. Think, I think what happens a lot with the songs that we write is that we hit riffs that um, don't go away, so they become permanent songs. And like then you guys jam, like and jam then them like a lot. The, the, the same riff will come up, so that you know, whatever it gets built out. Yeah. But so for every of... one riff that makes it, there's probably like sixty jams that don't. Yeah. yeah. But and do you like you guys rec- are you actively recording like every practice is it like you nah, guys just nah. start jamming and then if you guys keep remembering it over and over after practice every practice you're like that's going to be the next pretty yeah. much yeah anything that seems like it's sticking after a couple of weeks ends up being a cell phone recording or whatever that's cool yeah that's yeah. a good way to go to bat because it's like you guys it's something that you keep remembering and then if it makes it past cell phone recording stage, I stick up one of these Octava mics in the room and maybe we do one like that. It's like a demo or something. Cool. And then I put a shit ton of reverb on it so it sounds like it was recorded <laughs> in a fucking oil drum and it goes on Dropbox. And then, uh, So yeah. is that's usually the process then for, it seems like a pretty organic process for writing stuff. Yeah, I don't think any one of us specifically really goes home and works on uh, you know sits down and is like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna write like our next fucking five song right now yeah yeah because when you do that it doesn't work right nothing good ever comes out of it you get bits and pieces that might stick later on but sitting down to actually write a song is pretty fucking rare I try to do that sometimes I don't know yeah I try to do it too but it never fucking comes out well I sent you that one thing yeah that worked out but that was after listening to the, the new song a thousand times so is that like it's like a new song or is it riff for the 
It's just a riff that I came up with last night. I was listening to the single that we just recorded, and it's kind of inspired from that, I guess, or something. That's cool. Of. So it's like a it's like a second song that could go along with that one, or yeah, we're maybe. just inspired by it. Just like a similar sounding song, I think. Maybe. Cool. Yeah, I mean, but but that's traditionally not how Surmiser rolls. Like you guys sometimes have riffs, but. I think most of the things that come out I think the things that come out of songs are um, you know they're born of jams yeah right that's cool well, based off of maybe riffs that come in but a lot of times just pretty much based off of fucking jams that that happen in that come yeah, from the ether, just as ether. Kick off out of yeah. they usually morph out of something else too It'll happen like in between practicing the set, like in between songs or something. It's just very yeah, sporadic. Or we'll be we'll be uh, jamming on something, and these guys get tired of my fucking terrible lead work, so it changes. <laughs> and then, yeah. Do you ever like come up with a beat, Lucas? And you're like, this is this. I, I think I really want to use this for something. He comes up with all the beats. Like, <laughs> I mean, because they're so literal. I do come up with all the beats. That is true, but. Are no, you ever I mean, like, hey, drummer, check no, this out? I don't really like, like, no, I don't do that. In general, like, I don't have new ideas that I internalize. It's, that's my new idea. It's just, uh, right. It's not really how drums work for me mentally. Cool. But maybe that means I'm stagnating, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I, don't, I guess it just depends on the pro the process yeah, that you use. That's just not how I play drums or like yeah. think about drums. Yeah, because I don't know. I've been in like bands with a lot of different people, and sometimes somebody will, like a drummer will come with like you know a beat that's like, hey, I want to use this beat, or why don't you guys try something around this, or you know. Well, I definitely think you can give birth to songs that way, but it sure. all depends yeah. on what the process is, you know, how it works out. Yeah, well, it's it's fascinating because I never, um, I don't think I've ever asked any of you guys about the process of how you guys go about writing your material. I think the process has sort of almost always been that way. Yeah first songs we ever wrote were born out of him and I jamming with a drum, drum machine, machine up yeah. here yeah, <laughs> and doing almost the same fucking thing basically yeah. just jamming on whatever rolled out and then you know when we got Jen in the mix actually playing drums sort of like watch for falling acorns did uh <laughs> you know I don't think that process changed that much except for <clears throat> Um, at that time, I think the music sort of was guitar and bass centric, and she sort of played along with us yeah. rather than the other way around. Whereas with Lucas, I feel like it, it sort of works the other way around. You know, hmm. Playing on top of the drums because there's a different kind of foundation there now. So, yeah, you know, lead drums. <clears throat> Lead drums. Huh? No, that's, that's not bad. I don't mean lead drums. I, I like that idea, like, though. Sometimes I try to think of that. <laughs> you can have a drum solo in the next song. That's not even what I mean. That's true. it on the record. It's a state of mind. No kidding. Drums are a new state of mind. So then, Surmiser's always been... It was, it was Jay, Tom, and Jen and then Jen left and Lucas and that's been the that's been all the members yeah, yeah. yep and, well I mean the drum machine oh yeah, yeah. the drum machine the drum the machine Alesis, what is it Lisas yeah. Lisas SR16 nice. I think you still have that though yeah that's in there yeah, yeah we were messing with that, that one day yeah. I think it's cool yep but uh yeah that's all it's ever really been 
Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a pretty big change. I mean, just different people are going to obviously sound different or have different, come from a different place musically. I really hate change, so when the, the word came that Jen was going to move to L.A., I was less than uh, ecstatic about that idea. But Yeah, I remember luckily, you guys were really ramping up, playing a lot of gigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but luckily she, uh, you know, had contact with Lucas through the job that they whatever we're co-workers at yeah and uh i feel like that's one of the know. hardest uh instruments to find around here is, is drums well Definitely. you know it's it's not that it's hard to find drums it's hard to find somebody who's actually worth the shit at it there's a, a whole bunch I of guess terrible that's, that's what i mean here. yeah yeah you could get somebody <laughs> to fill the seat but you know well like i remember one band I was in the drummer of like you know he didn't want to do it anymore and then me and the guitar player were trying to find we we uh you know auditioned a couple people but it was just so fruitless like i was i'm, I'm really happy that you guys are able to so easily because i feel like that transition is never is not always that easy like it well, seemed the, like you had jen and then as soon as jen was uh you know out of the picture or had to leave it seemed like lucas came in pretty quickly well the part about that that was cool was that there was contact before she left yeah well <laughs> lucas came up at the tail end of jen's last practice with us and was yeah. hanging out and shit oh, so cool. like i think it was literally the next week that's cool. There was no, wow. there was no stopgap. That's it awesome. Was like, you know. Yeah, because I mean, from you one into the other. There's a lot of momentum if you know you're like gotta find somebody else or you know find well, somebody to fill the seat. The other thing that was really nice about that transition is that like usually when you swap a major member like that, there's a huge fucking learning curve and a yeah, yeah. drawn out drawn out process where everybody has to figure out what the last guy's parts were or whatever. And this was like supernatural, right? It yeah, like, it really didn't. I, I don't think it took. You know, I think by the second practice, most of the material we were playing then was, you know, just drive around what I would, to the CD. What I would, <laughs> it was what I would consider, uh, you know, show worthy at least. Yeah, yeah. Really, transition was very easy. And what's so, been your background, Lucas? Like, you've been playing drums for a while. I know you were in yeah. um, another band playing guitar, right? Yeah, for like a while recently. Um, yeah, I've been playing drums since I was young. Cool. Uh, yeah, because I mean that would—that's not an easy thing to do. Like, be able to just listen to a bunch of tracks and no, I, seamlessly. I've, hear, I've played with a lot of different people. Yeah, a lot of different settings. I like it. So. Uh, and you can play fucking. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. I try to be legit whenever cool. possible. <laughs> Yeah, because I know you were doing a couple sessions up here with Jay at one point. Yeah, yeah. For like different types, like Jay was saying, different styles and stuff. We were working with a guy that um, his main focus was sort of like, I guess most of it was ballads, really. Yeah, I don't know what you'd even say. Singer-songwriter? Yeah, was a singer-songwriter, older singer, singer-songwriter guy with, uh, he would come in with tracks with drum machine, you know, whatever, interlays and... Uh, Lucas would be tasked at figuring out how to, whatever, how to meet that guy's vision at the moment. <laughs> but, you know. Again, not, not always an easy, uh, not always an easy task. No, especially when you're working with somebody who doesn't really know what they want. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Cool. At least from where I was sitting. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I'm a. Uh... Yeah, you just have to give people the answer they want to hear and then leave. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, uh, it wasn't rocket science, that shit was like, 
or his blue song. Pretty straightforward. It's a ballad. Yeah. Like, oh, do more fills here. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then I felt like with a lot of that stuff though, like anytime he was like, "Oh, do more fills here," all you really had to do was like add a couple toms to one of the bars somewhere, and it was just like, "Oh, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah." yeah oh. Yeah, you know, Lucas, you really get me there. This, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna hear this. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So the 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 EP you guys recently put out. Yep. What was the uh, the impetus behind that? Because I know you guys have put out full lengths in the past, and then this was kind of a, a change in direction, or change in like release or just these songs went together uh, we had four songs that were ready to go and kind of wanted to get something out pull the trigger on them and, uh, yeah you know it was a good uh, test bed for a couple of newer additions gear wise to the studio it was a test bed for you know the new drummer in the situation it was a test <laughs> bed for you know a PR push Right, right. So yeah, it was, it was really like a lot of things sort of coming together in one bubble. Yeah. Plus with like the addition uh, of Lucas, like the sound kind of like changed. Right. Kind of wanted to like get that out there. And this is where we're at now. So if people yeah. came to the shows, they weren't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the change in drum style really sort of refaced the band. In the as, direction as a little it were. bit? Or? Yeah, because we can do different things yeah. now versus what we were doing then. Right. You know. Makes sense, yeah. I mean I think yeah, it's important to, to document that and have that documentation out there. Yeah, but I also feel like this band has sort of always been a little bit all over the place as far as the style goes. Right. And uh, while it's always sort of leaned a little bit towards the heavier, faster side of things, there were a lot of songs also that were sort of on the the light and draggy side before um, you know and I think the the EP sort of is a, maybe not a full 180 from that but definitely a bunch of degrees the other direction yeah towards, definitely a different towards direction. fast heavy yeah you know and is that where you guys feel like you're heading as a band now or is this or is I mean, that I, a brief I like, stop I like to yell at people so I, I think that goes really <laughs> well with fast and, and sort of heavy for sure for um, sure do you guys have like a conscious direction that you're trying to head right now as a band or is it just very is it still like ephemeral and whatever's coming out of the jams that's where you're headed because i know you said you like to yell so are you do you guys want to keep going in that direction or are you going to kind of dial it back to more of the because i know some of your older stuff there's like some like dinosaur junior-esque like ballad sort of jams not ballads but yeah we don't play any of those anymore <laughs> Yeah, right if we did, but we don't, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, there is, so it sounds like there is a, a conscious shift then, or maybe subconscious shift to more what you guys want to hear right now. Or I, mean, I think it'd be kind of cool to mix some lighter stuff into heavier stuff like sure. in the same song, though, or something. But. Well, I mean, I think the new single kind of does that's that. That's true, that's yeah. true, yeah. Um, true. Kind of loud, uh, loud, quiet, loud, quiet vibe. It's too. a lot more fun to play live, too. Well, dynamics are always great, right? They're important. I, I don't know what's happened, but they're important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the song should either be dramatically dynamic or just be like red line all the way across. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't think you can like, you know. I, don't know I, I, I know there's a lot of bands that like sort of play with it and shit. And like, you know, you have these choruses that are slightly more energetic, but nothing really changes. And it's whack. It's got to be a square wave. Yeah, speaking of square wave, uh, the the mastering that you have on the new the new EP is pretty interesting. The mastering on the EP is uh, probably just about as hot as you can make a record sound without <laughs> being Metallica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the choice there? You guys decided to go with um, Oliver yeah. from uh, Death by Audio. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Place the Very Strangers, and their albums are always like super fucking loud. And they're all mastered by yeah the, he like actually masters yeah, yeah he masters yeah he masters them as well and I reached out to him and he said he would do it so awesome yeah you're I know you're also a fan of the pedals oh yeah you yeah the pedals on your board yep their pedals are like insane like the fuzz war it just makes bass sound pretty pretty fucking cool that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool you got you were able to reach out to him yeah he's receptive and was, yep. was willing to do it yeah he's so a super cool. nice friendly guy. He like even sent us like a sample of the master beforehand. Cool. And like, if you like this, then I can do the rest. I don't think anyone really does that. I feel like that's a great way to do it. Too, yeah. You know? Yep. Because it's, uh, I don't know. It just everybody's on the same page then. Yeah. About work, you know. And plus, he also wanted to like hear it to see if he liked it himself as well. Sure. Like he didn't want to, I guess, forcefully do something that he didn't want to do or something. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Yeah. So that was cool too. That's awesome. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it is really loud, though. Yeah, it's very, it's like very. That's what I, the one thing I noticed about it. Um, especially when we were doing the video for trains, we uh, I helped these guys shoot it. I pretty much was just manning the camera so they could do their thing, and uh, that's the one thing I noticed about that that track was like, whoa, this thing's smoking. Yeah, it's literally like a black bar across the screen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ESF is the only one that isn't. No, I think. Well, I think I think you guys that was a great choice because it really suits your the music and you know. There's also something to be said for reason. <laughs> well, for not doing everything in house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sort of. Yeah, sort of, sort of collaborative. Well, it's it's more about having def different sets of ears help you achieve the final product. Yeah, you know, if you write the song and you record and produce the song and then you also master the song, you've kept that inside a very small square. Um, so having somebody else put their ears on it and put their spin to yeah. what it is that you're trying to accomplish can be, you know, can be a healthy part of the process, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's always a good idea. I I, I wish I don't do that enough because just because sometimes it's cost prohibitive, you know. But uh, it's extremely cost prohibitive. That's the one thing I think a lot of people, you know, today it's like it can be tough. It's like an indie, <coughs> indie band, indie rock band, whatever, um, you know, independent band where you know you got to do all this stuff yourself and 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 bring the money to the table yourself and um, you know the way that the technology is, you know, it's easy to go online and and figure out what you want to do in some capacity. It's not always easy. Easy to learn, hard to master, right? But uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think that's what's really cool about the EP that you guys put out is that 
seems like you're taking a step at like in another uh, another level of, of like releasing it, you know, because you could have just said, hey, we're just going to put this out, have a local show, and that's going to be the end of it, but you guys did the PR push and, well, um, you know, had Oliver master it. And now on Spotify as well. Right, and this is the first foray into Spotify. Like, you guys seem <laughs> like you really uh, kicked it up and watch, as they say. Yeah, well, I think, you know, in... Like, what was, yeah, what was, like, the, the thought behind behind doing all, because... Seems like a new, a new, a new uh, path for you guys. I think honestly, it's just uh, the natural progression of sort of growing up. Yeah, and I feel like we also been at it for like, like five years. Yeah, actually, and I think we kind of like owed it to ourselves, maybe. Right, that's a long time. For, yeah, for maybe six years now. Is, is it six years? Yeah. yeah, right. I think that's how that works. Something like that. <laughs> Was it 2012? Yeah, so six years. Yeah. In yeah. June or July of this summer yeah yeah so a couple of six in a, in a month or so yeah. or a couple months yeah so, so it was just time to try something different or you no know, i mean diy will take you a really long way and you can certainly make it work for you but there are certain elements of it if you want to try to do anything more with it that you eventually have to lean on somebody else for um but we've been fortunate in the last, you know, six months especially that, you know, there's been some good connections made and some barter deals that we've been able to do. And, you know, that kind of shit helps. For sure. You can, you can get it sort of outside of your own little microcosmic space and into somebody else's hands to, to have them help you do the thing with it uh, without necessarily having to... Uh, shell out mountains of cash and even on the EP I mean you know the mastering treatment was not what I would call cheap necessarily but it also compared to you know going to one of these giant multinational sort of corporate houses for it it was definitely yeah. on the yeah on the spectrum of affordable in the the realm sure. of a you know sort of a DIY setup DIY band So, you know. And then, I mean, with the new, the new singles has been mastered by Tad, is that Yeah, right? Tad Doyle at Witch Ape Studios, Skyway Audio, um, mastered that. That's a lot different, right? It is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still very fucking loud. Yep. But I feel like the the way that his mastering sort of focused the energy of that original recording really suits that song. Um, yeah, I remember you saying you had sent it out to him to see what he thought, and he was pretty excited. Yeah, he was really excited about it. That's awesome. I got a text to the to the effect of, I fucking love this song. And, uh, and then, like, the turnaround was, was, was quick, yeah, right? well, like, he did... Well, I don't know, you know... Three mastering passes of it. The first one... I thought it was good. He didn't like it after listening to it for a little while, so he, he did another one, and then he liked the song so much that he went back in in his audio editor and uh, chopped some fragments out and made a like this intro swell thing that happens, and, uh, and that was on you know, by his own accord. That yeah, was, and that's part of that collaboration too. Like yeah, 
Totally. He heard that in there and said, hey, I think this would be really cool. What do you think? That's awesome. Yeah, and that's, you know. Well, that's, and that's the thing I think with collaboration is <coughs> finding people who share your aesthetic or understand what you're doing because I think it, that can be the hardest part. Like even like we were saying about drums, you know, it's like you can find people to collaborate with, but like you said, you can always find somebody to sit in a seat, but they yeah. not, might not be able to drive yeah. it how you want to do it. And it's like, that's always been my, sometimes in the past, like issues with collaboration is just people that don't get your, where you're coming from, your background, where you're heading. Um, and it, it can, because like sometimes collaborations are, uh, I don't know. I think that, I just think that's really cool that you found a, a couple people that are, are on the level and, and doing like understand what you guys are trying to do. And I think that's like the most important thing is, is like an artist is finding that community. I also feel like with collaboration though, is that uh, the reason it falls short or fails entirely in a lot of cases is because people ask too many fucking questions, think too much about it. So the people that you're collaborating with, right? So yeah, you know they 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 get stuck in their heads on things like you know what is the style trying to do? What is it? You know, like mm. that's not the point of a collaboration. The point of a collaboration is not for me to tell you what to play. Yeah. Like, that would just be you being a, a session guy or whatever in a seat. Yeah. You know, the, the point of a collaboration is for you to put your fucking sauce on it. Yeah. And I'm yeah, not. Yeah, do you. you. Know, if I make, if I tell you how to make the fucking sauce, I might as well have just done it myself. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think in, in a lot of cases, even, you know, like, you talk to people who do, do things, even like rap collaborations, you know, and it's like, it's not really a collaboration. You wrote a part for some other guy to do. There was no, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really funny because a lot of those it's a guest collab spot tracks. Where you wrote yeah. the part. Yeah, a lot of those. It's like so those can be very hit or miss. Yeah, and I, I think you know when you're going to work with somebody that's outside of your little musical unit, you sort of have to give them their own license on it and and make sure that they understand that you know your guidance is going to be limited because you want their creative input yeah but. yeah it kind of seems like if you if there's like an artist or somebody you you know have a mutual respect for or whatever just sending it to them and saying hey we're doing this track what do you think yeah well it's like if we had Tad do any kind of like guest shit on a track I'm not gonna like send him fucking lyrics and, and <laughs> yeah. tablature and you're gonna stuff. send it like, to him because you like his style the fuck man like I, I, would, I would write a giant hole in a song and just see what he sends back yeah I think that the other thing with collaboration too is that the best way to have it is kind of like an open, like, because I feel like people's feelings can get hurt sometimes, like if you don't like what they do or, but it's like, I feel like it needs to be a little bit, if everybody just goes into it open-mindedly or just kind of like, hey, like, put something down on this, if it, if it works, if we both agree that it works, like, yeah. it. I don't know. Well, I think you also have to be smart about who it is that you're collaborating with if, if there's a chance that you're not going to like it. But there's a really good chance that if you ask somebody to work on your material with you, the reason you asked for that in the first place is because you like what it is that they already do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. For sure, yeah. You wouldn't go to somebody that you think musically fucking sucks and be like, yo, you want to put something down on this track? Like, you know. Yeah. You're just asking for yeah, it. Yeah, and some, but sometimes like things, like I've collaborated with people in the past and like it just doesn't work out. So Lucas has been throwing cigarette butts into this pail in the past that time we've been doing the podcast. I think one that, missed and went into a spider web. Yeah, I think that was one missed, one off the deck. Yeah, There's one for three. Yeah. <laughs> we just scored. 
Nice, it is an awkward angle though, and he has to throw them across microphones. So yeah, that's true. I wonder if you can hear him going by the mic. <laughs> but um, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I you mean, could, that's that's really the deal with the that for me anyway, or to me with yeah. the collaborative process and, and bringing anybody else on board. Like, yeah. You know, you wouldn't bring a producer in to work on your tracks or whatever if you didn't already like their body of work. It would be stupid. Yeah. And the same goes for musicians and mastering people and whatever, you know. If you do your homework and you already like the other products that they've created, then there's a good chance that whatever they do to your thing is going to probably blow your fucking mind. <coughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Cool. So where do you guys see, uh, where do you guys see yourselves heading this, uh, this fall, winter? I guess this next year of Surmise, or year six, I guess we're coming, or, or year seven. Yeah. What, do you, what are your hopes, for, or what are Socrates. your hopes for doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. Well, like, um, where, what do you, you know, you guys want to do, like, an album this year? Do you have any, like, plans to do, just whatever comes up? Is it, you want to play more shows in New York? Are you, like, happy playing stuff here? I think playing shows in the local area is pretty much a dead issue at this point sort of time to move out regionally and do something else you know the, the venue spaces here dwindle by the month and uh, you know most of what's around here is not really our target audience anyway so what do you think is it like for for a local band what do you think or like you guys like what, what is like a good amount of shows to play locally or that you've played in the past like one every couple months like what do you try to like run for because I know like you said like the venues are kind of stagnant personally I like one or two a month but yeah. I think yeah. for the last six months we haven't really hit that number but I mean so like different venues though like if you played uh, or different towns like if you played New Paltz for instance like would you play there once every four months or you would want to play there once a month like you're saying mm, you don't want to saturate your markets either yeah. I mean. like what have you guys found to be a good like break in between shows for the same areas I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's we, easy to not play. So like, it's, that's not usually how we look at it. I think. <laughs> yeah. Because that already cool. happens every day, <laughs> mostly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's kind of like whatever comes up, you guys are kind of just jump on it. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I think just about every offer that comes in gets put into a group text message, and if yeah. everybody can <clears throat> pull it off, then we go and we do it. Sure. You know, there's this other than for having personal uh, obligations, I don't think there's ever been a show that we've turned down just because, you know? Yeah. I don't, personally, yeah. I don't really so, give that, a fuck who we play with or where it is. I mean, a show's same. a show either yeah. way. So will that change though? Because you said you want to start playing shows outside of the area. You have to be smarter about what those are. Otherwise yeah, it ends up where? being like crappy and not worthwhile if you're uh, like, you know, traveling and stuff. Or well, just going sure, to a sure. new place, like, you yeah. might as well make it ideally what it should be. Yeah. I think when you're going to go regional like that, you sort of have to do your homework on what bands are in the market that you're looking to play to. you got to play with somebody who's got strong draw for that to work. Right. So, but I mean, if your focus is, is, is moving more regionally, are you going to be turning down more local shows if you get the offers? Or? I don't think so. Probably not. No. So you're going to keep keep running 
through the, the um, I mean you gotta you always have to play around home base that's sort of how it works yeah you know even well I guess that, I wasn't sure when you said it was like a dead issue well, it, it sort of is because... Just that there isn't that much yeah, of it. Yeah, there's not that much oh, okay. going on. time is what gotcha, I'd say. Gotcha. Not like... Not like we're, we're not going to do it anymore. Gotcha. Okay, I, I misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, okay, cool. It's just a... That's like, you guys just, have that. I guess what I should have said is that, like, it's a, it's a stagnant pool, a local right. music economy. There's only, so, a, there's only... There's a ceiling. There's only so far you can well, go. Well, I mean, if we played... If, like, if Lucas played... Uh, fucking banjo and Tom played mandolin and I played acoustic guitar and True. sang falsetto we'd be killing it we'd play, play a show every single day here <laughs> fucking get Mike to stand in on some violin type shit man <laughs> get a female backup vocalist to go to behind every fucking single line I put out man we'd be yeah. killing it yeah. be murdering radio here even but uh <sighs> thankfully that's not the situation because, uh, yeah, playing to the uptown hipster hand isn't really what I'm interested in. Yeah, I can never see that being fun when you're intentionally trying to suit a sound. Or I mean, I don't like those, like, leather fucking woodsman boots or man buns or any of that <laughs> kind of shit either. So I, I just I don't think... There's a, there's a lot of that around here. I never, like... Gotta walk around uptown Kingston, like, on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You'd be swimming in it. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much a shut-in, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you said all that about the banjos, though, I just thought about, like, Woodstock and DST and, like, stuff like that. That's totally it. Yeah, which is different, but also not I, my thing. Not <laughs> mine at all. <laughs> yeah. But it's sort of like that's what the, the market here is like. Yeah. You know? You can go play all, like, these little cafe shows and, like, you know. Everybody right now is into that bullshit. But, you know. So more like a folk type type vibe? I think that's probably even being generous, but yeah. Yeah. I think that that style of music modern day is the exploitation of what folk used to be. But Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. But if you want to make money and you want to make it big and you want to tour, you go start a fucking folk Americana hipster dickhead band. And I didn't realize that was still that kind of style was still rolling like that. Was still, yeah. yeah. You know, you want to be like the album of the week on the local uh, independent radio station and stuff. You make a record like that. You know, record it in like a fucking. Here, I have a challenge for you guys. A, a real soft. I want to hear Surmiser in that style. Never happened. Not as long as I'm alive, anyway. I do have a mandolin. <laughs> Just for the exercise of trying it, I think it would be, even if you never showed it to anybody but me. No, that'd be it. fine. <laughs> I don't really know that specifically what we are talking about, but... Uh. <laughs> I'm not really sure either, but I think I stripped down, like, acoustic version of Surmiser, I guess. Oh, my God. I played an open mic one time and played uh, one of our songs acoustic. What song? Ashes. Word. I don't know if you're... One of the songs that. we don't play anymore? Was it on that CD? It's on the fir uh, the full length, yeah. And I mean, but yeah, or the first full length. And how'd that go? You just it doesn't been. Uh, it went okay. I mean, the open mic liked it. It's a weird way to play that song. But, um, Who's uh, open mic? Huh? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. 
not really big on acoustic guitars. Kind of don't like it. Like my stringed instruments to have balls, especially recorded. I don't know. Not my thing. Not at all. I was gonna like sit on the beach around a campfire or something. I'd probably pursue acoustic guitars. Oh, I know, I know a question I wanted to ask. Uh, kind of all in this vein, then. Do you think there's something to the geography of where you're at that informs your music? I think for me personally, there's something about the things I see here and the people that I meet here that very much informs at least my lyrical content. There's a lot of shit here I don't like. <laughs> so, you know. Like, do you think if you guys, so if Surmiser was in, like... California. Yeah, would you have, like, a completely different, completely different vibe? Or would it be, like, kind of similar? I mean, I guess it's hypothetical, right? But I think being in California is probably the most positive I've ever felt. So um, We'd be a reggae band. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think it'd be different, though. I think... You know, subject matter-wise, the lyrical content would be much more possibly upbeat. I think the music would probably be similar. Yeah, I think the music would probably be similar because it all comes from... What we listened to growing up? or Yeah, it really comes... It's born of influence more yeah. than it's born of, uh, you know... Like, we don't draw from... <clears throat> there's not the this untapped vein through the Hudson Valley of, you know, something that makes you write songs <laughs> that sound like these songs. It's, right. it's just not. But, yeah, I'm always uh, curious about that because it seems like sometimes there's like a regional sound to the bands, or you know, like the because of this area has the you know. Coheed. <laughs> like, is that where it's going? Oh, I was gonna say like, like prog metal, Woods, <laughs> Woodstock, like uh, hippie kind of vibe. You know, you get people doing the Americana like folk yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, but when you I know, think about like towns off the beaten path kind of idea. Yeah. I but even so. that though, like, you know, there's like, maybe. but when I think about what's actually like, gotten popular, right? yeah, popular, like actual recognition, things like that, like, I, I guess there's, I don't know, I can't think of anything current, but I do think of like the 2000s and stuff like that, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And As like a sound that kind of encapsulates the the area or the geography. Yeah, just upstate New York, like, like emo shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, because I mean, like Northeast is seems to be pretty big on like hardcore. Music, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, um, not yeah but you find that I think more around major cities than than you know. Yeah. It's pocketed when you go up into the mountains and shit. It's not right. It just seems like if you if you were like a hardcore type band, like you wouldn't have any problem like finding bands up in New Hampshire and. Uh, Boston, Baltimore, yeah. New York City. I mean, I guess sure. there's pockets of, of that, pockets of any type of music anywhere, but it just, I'm just always curious about the, what people think about the geography and how that plays into sound. Like, obviously, like, the book Tom has, there's a book sitting here about the grunge. Um, I think band. nowadays it plays, like, maybe less of an importance just because of the internet. Yeah, it's like, that's, so, that's, I guess that's where I was kind of getting and then to. back in like, the day, like, things are very splintered, right? People just drew off of, like, bands that, like, they saw, like, back in the day or whatever. Locally, yeah. yeah. There, there, yeah. I also think to the, the topic of geography, like the one thing that does limit us here as far as our, our fan base is concerned, I think is that like the people that are into heavier music, I think tend to be also of lower income. 
Um, so the people that you see traveling up here, the you know the leaf peepers that buy cabins and write fucking uh, Americana classics and Transplants. up in the Adirondacks. Leaf peepers. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're peepers. they're That's here and they That's find this name. place because they have the financial resources to do that. Yeah. You know, so if there was like a million hardcore kids like pouring into the Hudson Valley with trust funds and shit, I think what you'd find here would be a lot different. That's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. It was an interesting way of, of looking at it and putting it. So I think there's a definitely a, a component of economics that has some play there, but we definitely do get a lot of hipster douche infiltration. Are there any bands that you guys like, or like sister bands or bands that you enjoy playing with up here? That like consider like your scene or anything like that? I don't know that there are any bands that are really like us up here, but like... Uh, played with Mr. Blonde a lot. Mm -hmm. I think we tend so, tend towards sort of like the, the I don't know, the punk scene, whatever yeah. punk scene is here. That's, that's sort of where we have, you know, our, our sort of singular foothold, I think, really. <laughs> you go and play punk shows and like, People eat it up because we're playing heavy and we're playing fast and I'm fucking screaming. Well, that's at what their I've faces. noticed too. Yeah, like especially so. the last show I went to at um, in Rosendale, which is now defunct. Yep, that place is gone. Which is the you know the classic. Unfortunately, show space. I think our our shows probably had no small part in that. But, <laughs> you think so? Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, but I mean that was yeah like I don't know. It seemed like there was a pretty healthy scene of people that were into what you guys were doing there. Yeah, but those DIY kind of spaces, which is what that totally was, um, tend to attract the lower income sort of hardcore kid, you know, personas that exist around here. So what you see at those shows really is like the, the manifestation of uh, the small pocket in the in this little region of hardcore kids and, yeah. and punk rockers and you know sort of like-minded individuals and they're sort of hard to access unless you go and play things like DIY spaces you know those are not but then they close <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, and, yeah. but I mean they always have it's, yeah, yeah. it's been a constant rotation you know close New Pulse you know yeah. New Pulse is a great example of that New Pulse has DIY spaces that last exactly a college semester you know yeah. a, a college <laughs> term for the year is, yeah. yeah right kids come from fucking Minnesota or whatever where there isn't even punk rock all they've ever heard is 45s now they got like this fucking you know they got this house with a fucking dank basement and they can put a PA in it and bring punk bands in for nine months out of the year so they do that yeah. and then they go fucking back to Minnesota and they you know, take a desk job and that's the end of it, but that's, uh, so yeah, DIY spaces, I think I've always sort of revolved and whatever, it's not a big deal, they come and they go and then more come up behind them and, I think there's yeah. like, Neil was saying they're like trying to open some new thing in Kingston somewhere, oh like yeah, over by the water, like by all those like, I don't oh, know. the Strander or no? Nah, I don't know. There's a lot of like industrial, decent, yeah, yeah, like looking buildings and shit that I don't know what they're being used for. Probably nothing over there that I've seen, but uh, I think that's where they're talking about by like the uh, baseball field and shit ish. 
but that makes sense. I don't know who they is. I don't know if going to happen. What by Block Park? Yeah, like yeah. or I assume in that like vicinity at least. I think that'd be you cool know, if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> the, I think the problem with a lot of the the local venues though is that you know like, like PSP is a great example. You know, there's there's a door price on that, so you've already like eliminated more than half of the the people that would come to that DIY show just because they don't have the bread to do it. Yeah. You know, they come to a DIY show, you know, they might throw you like their last two or three bucks like in the in a donation bin to split between the bands, which is cool. But like, you know, they might not have 10 bucks to spare to, to fucking get into a BSP show just to see your band play. Especially when you're on a bill with two other bands that they're gonna not like. And yeah. with the internet, they can find out ahead of time whether or not they're gonna like those bands. So, you know. Yeah, there's no there's no um, shortage of music today. No. For sure. I definitely think this region is sort of tough, but with that revolving door of DIY spaces, every year your your opportunities could potentially change if you can weasel your way into those circles. Is there anywhere people can find you guys online? There's Surmiser. everywhere. Just go on Google and type in Surmiser and... Just get a mirror on the website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have band, you guys on Bandcamp? Or? Bandcamp, Facebook, Spotify, you guys iTunes, like Instagram, Amazon. Right? Instagram. Instagram. Is it just at Surmiser Instagram, yeah. Music? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. At Surmiser Music yeah. is the Instagram. So at Surmiser Music on Instagram, surmiser.bandcamp.com. Surmiser.com is available. It redirects to hugedomains.com. <laughs> I guess we know what you guys are going to be doing after this. Statistically banned websites don't really yield you much, so. No, yeah. It's, still, it's yeah, like a business card placeholder. You have a lot of, and you guys have a lot of PR uh, articles and things, so you have no no shortage of information about you online. So yeah. people Google you. Yeah, just Google it. <laughs> just Google it. There you go. You got here from top. Well, guys, thank you so much. It's been so fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. What a nice bunch of boys those Surmiser guys are. Had a lot of fun chilling with them, and thanks again for taking some time out of your practice time to have this chat with me. You can check out their music at surmiser.bandcamp.com and on Instagram at surmisermusic. And like they said, if you're looking for more Surmiser, just Google it. This is Mike from 424recording.com. Godspeed, my friends. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support the podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash 424recording. Appreciate you, my friends. And uh, make sure you do something you want to do today, okay? 